0: Only And we are back. It is pushing February, which means we are approaching Oscar season, Kayla. And everybody here knows your infatuation with the Oscars.
1: I love it. I love it so much. And I will say award shows are back in a way better way than it has been in the past few years often because one they couldn't even have them with COVID but two there were a lot of controversies stopping some award shows from even existing so I just there's just something about celebrating films which we do every damn episode on wrong opinions only but also just seeing people win I want people to win I want to be mad when people lose and I just want to see people get glammed up I like love it all
0: Yeah, you want some some intrigue, some interest. Like, it can't just be chalk. We need an upset. We need a... A random ass speech that goes off the rails that they're trying to get him off the stage three minutes prior. We need the excitement, maybe not to uh slap a thon from a few years we ago. We don't but... need
1: slapping unless it's play <laughs> slapping. You guys, you're actors, okay? Just pretend. That was wild. But like, yeah, I want those like real in life moments where we both watch the slap heard around the world and we turn to each other and we're like, did that just happen? Um I want to see celebrities jaw drop, not know how to respond. You know, I want the wrong best picture to be called out and then watch everyone have to leave the <laughs> stage. You know, I want I want all of that. So um, I'm looking forward to what comes this year in 2024. Um, but I mean, I guess looking back at all the movies that were nominated, of course, we'll talk about the ones that didn't that maybe we wanted to. But did you think it was a good movie year?
0: I think, especially over the recent history, this was a really good movie year. Like, a lot of things came back, and we really have, I think, 10 solid Best Picture nominees right now. So, comparatively, from the last five, six years, this is one of the better years that I can remember, Kayla.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think there were a lot more, um, I guess, availability to some of the films, I'll say, in the Best Picture category in particular, uh, When it comes to this time of year, it's not perfect. Um, But I just felt like there were a lot of movies that made me think, that made me just excited to see a variety, you know, instead of just the same old, same old that I think we had been seeing come out in the past few years. So I think it was a good, like, prestige film year. And we just had, honestly, Barbenheimer will live in my memory for 2023. That was so awesome. That was such a fun time to circulate a whole day on films, and they were great. So, I mean, loved it.
0: Yeah, it was really a good mix of having these big blockbuster films like the Barbenheimer phenomenon, as well as a lot more like art house movies this year that were able to kind of get into the main consciousness. And, you know, luckily, we were able to see a couple of them, but they didn't, a lot of them didn't have really big, wide theatrical releases. So some of these Best Picture nominees this year were a little difficult to find.
1: You know, I I kind of think of it in a movie we're gonna talk about later, um, which is Poor Things, and I just feel like at one part you're hearing the buzz from the people that do get screeners, for, who do live in big cities where those films are out, and you're hearing people talk about it, and you're just it's it's kind of annoying as someone not living, you know, in LA or New York City to be like I want to watch this movie too. You know, I have just as much of an opinion and and love for films as you and then uh you know it's strategy there's just so much behind the scenes strategy that goes into this the kind of we're gonna withhold this film we're gonna make people want to see this film because they can't and then once nominations are out we're gonna wide release this film and everyone can see it i do understand it because i think it's working it's just as frustrating when you want to be watching films at the same time as other people you know
0: completely agree with that kayla and Syracuse, New York, you know, is not the biggest market for, uh, for movies, so we're at a disadvantage there. But we do have a couple uh, pretty solid theaters around here, so at least we do get a pretty good number of films. Just not all of the, uh, the less wide releases.
1: You know what, something that just came to me might be fun is because we have a lot of like big theaters, we have a lot of really historic smaller theaters that we just never get to. It might be fun to do a kind of film in a different theater summer and do something about that experience, like just, just across our areas, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd be down. Yeah, we have. there's drive ins not too far from here. There's the uh, little Manlius uh, mm-hmm. cinema theater, right? So Hollywood, we could check I mean, those the palace. Out. We may have been so spoiled with the really comfortable seats though that we're going to sit in regular seats and we're going to be like what is this peasantry that is happening? I need <laughs> to go back to my. Absolutely what's going to happen?
1: We'll do our tour across the theaters of our area and then go back and look. No, actually we really like it where we can recline our seats and you know um but I think that might be something fun to do, you know, just kind of branch out. We'll table that for uh, later this year. All right, are you ready to get to the nominations?
0: Yeah, lots to talk about here, Kayla.
1: All right. So we got to start with the biggest prize, I guess I'd say when it comes to a film as a whole, and that's best picture. So we have American fiction, anatomy of a fall, Barbie, the holdovers killers of the flower moon, maestro Oppenheimer past lives, poor things, and the zone of interest out of all 10 films, Justin, how many had you seen out of 10 so far today?
0: Yeah. So as of today, I've seen Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Barbie, and The Holdovers. So what's that? Half of the 10. Uh, I've been really dying to see American fiction and past lives. I just, I don't even know if it was in theaters around here. If it was, I missed it. And then I they haven't come out on uh, streaming yet. And Maestro, that's on Netflix. So I'm going to watch that. It's just, the hype kind of died off on that one so my interest has kind of died off as well
1: <laughs> fair enough i still recommend seeing it you got to you got maybe you'll find into a place of of love and happiness like you did in some of the other films we disagreed with last last week um i've seen 7 out of 10 which isn't bad for the end of january um i'd like to be closer to 10 two of them are not available which is anatomy of a fall in the zone of interest as of right now however american fiction which is on your list is in theater so i wouldn't mind seeing that with you if you wanted to yeah
0: i'm really interested in that
1: Okay, so uh, no real big surprises here. Um, Zone of Interest is getting a lot of buzz though. Um, not just internationally, just overall, is a great film. So I'll, I've been dying. That's that's probably of the three I haven't seen. I've been dying to see Zone of Interest like so badly.
0: Really? Okay, that was kind of the one I had the least excitement about going in. So if you do ever find it, I'll uh, wait until your review before I decide Perfect. if I want to see it or not love it love it for me so do you think anything got snubbed from the best picture category this year kayla
1: nothing's really sticking out to me for like best picture and i guess i I, what i have to relate it to is not just like there are so many great films it's just like if i had to simplify it are these 10 of the top not counting the ones i haven't seen and i'm like these are the ones most discussed the ones that i enjoyed so nothing's coming to mind what about you
0: yeah, I agree. I think it's a really solid group this year. I know there has been some pushback on May-December not getting nominated. I think based on our review, that's not something we really thought warranted a Best Picture nominee. It was a good movie, but I'm fine with that getting left off, personally.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think it's it's due to the subject matter. I think it's really hard for a voting party of many actors um, to see a movie making fun of them and then vote for it to be in the top 10. I think, you know, I think it was just a fun film. Um, you know, you have a Netflix film nominee, uh, later on in the listing. So streamers are still kind of in the discussion, not majorly as they were, but, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's hard. We've branched out to 10 films, which is amazing. So, but unfortunately everyone can't be included and, uh, you know, Just appreciate May, December for what it is like we did. All right. Let's go ahead and get to best actor. We have Bradley Cooper. We have Coleman Domingo, Paul Giamatti, Killian Murphy, and Jeffrey Wright. What did you think about the best actor listing? Bradley Cooper really, really going on a journey um, for himself. And uh, should he win just out of pity for best actor?
0: No, you know, Bradley Cooper, I'm starting to get sick of him. He's taking himself too seriously. Figure it out. Have a little bit more fun. You don't need to turn everything into like the biggest art house movie that you've been working on for the last two decades. Just make a damn good movie. All right. Make something interesting that people want to watch. That was a little aggressive. So don't mean to call you out too harshly there, Bradley. Uh, I think it's a it's a good group here for best actor this year. I think uh, Killian Murphy is probably the pretty heavy favorite right now for Oppenheimer. Uh, Paul Giamatti, though, is getting a lot of buzz for the holdovers lately. And the biggest snub that people are talking about here is Leo was not nominated for killers of the flower moon. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So uh, I think what you have to think about when you're talking about snubs is you have to think about, well, then who would you then remove? Um, because it's easy to say, but then to take it from someone else's spot. Obviously, the easiest for me are the films that I haven't seen, like Rustin, Coleman Domingo, and Jeffrey Wright in American fiction. Um, but
0: those are two like really important subject matter films, though. And I I love Coleman Domingo and mm-hmm. other things he's done. I have not seen Rustin or American fiction either. I love both of those actors. And it's tough, like you said, to To pull them out without actually being able to see the movies, to judge them on that performance. I thought Leo had a pretty transformative performance in Killers of the Flower Moon, but he was a little overshadowed by Lily Gladstone. And, you know, I don't know if that really takes away from his acting credentials, but who do you pull out here? Bradley Cooper? Does he deserve to be here, Kayla, for Maestro? Just throwing that out there.
1: It. I mean, he did spend what, like three years learning how to be a conductor. <laughs> like
0: Kate Blanchett learned that in about six minutes, and Tar is was a phenomenal listen, movie. Justice, All right.
1: Listen, we can't get you on a tar tangent. I know how Love you feel. All justice for Tar, I understand. Um Yeah, I think they had to give him something. Um, and they gave him it here. However, I didn't like the movie, not necessarily his performance so i didn't think his performance was bad at all um i just thought the choices he made as a director were questionable um what i don't you know it's hard i don't know i I, because i can't judge the films i haven't seen i want to say i prefer him over bradley cooper just because i enjoyed obviously killers of the flower moon a lot more than i did maestro but but um I'll say Leo got his win. I really hate the movie that he won for because I, I, I really hate that movie. <laughs> like it was one of the most painful films I've had to watch. Um, The Revenant, of course. So I wish they didn't like kind of go, okay, we owe this guy one. Here you go. He got mauled by a bear, Um, but rough, rough. So I don't know, Leo, I think you'll, you'll live on, you know, your heart goes on. Yeah, he'll if be you will. fine.
0: He'll, he'll be fine. It's not a, not a big deal. I just, I guess I'll have to watch American fiction and see exactly how Jeffrey Wright is in that. Cause that would be the one that I think may be able to get moved, but without having an informed decision on it, how do you know?
1: Let's make a tentative on-air date of maybe next week to see that film if we can. Okay. Next Sounds we have best actress, which we have Annette Bening in NIAD. We have Lily Gladstone. We have Sandra Huller anatomy of a fall we have carrie mulligan we have emma stone just so you know naiad is a swimming movie essentially but it is on netflix if that's a film or any of our listeners wanted to see that film it is available on netflix so um i saw a trailer it did look good i i personally had not heard about this movie really at all um i did watch the trailer actually today and it does look like a good fun movie so i am gonna watch it um but what do you think about this category
0: yeah, I'll have to check out uh, Nyad because I think this is the most controversial category or one of them for this year's Oscars because Margot Robbie is not nominated for Barbie and Greta Lee is not nominated for Past Lives. So those are two pretty much big favorites coming into the Oscar race here. They won some awards in some of the uh, other smaller award shows, but you, you can't kick out Lily Gladstone. You can't kick out Emma Stone uh I have not seen an ad of a fall or naiad so I can't judge those again and uh maestro Kayla Carrie Mulligan was she like a real lead role in that movie
1: They tried to make it honestly I really do believe this they tried it it was a bit of a like her a wife you know like a wife story like she they really kind of center her a bit in the film. Um, I'm not sure why really, I mean, in the way, as much as it did, it's almost the opposite because of, of the flower moon where Emily Blunt's like, let's just show a flask dropping every of her purse. And that's like what we see. Um, you mean Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so no, I would remove personally, I would remove Carrie Mulligan and I would replace it with, um, margot robbie now here's the thing though i just want people to be conscious of when they talk about snubs and like ultimately would you have wanted margot robbie to win though it's an honor to be nominated but would you have wanted her to win and i keep that in mind when you're thinking about like just overall when you're like oh but did you want them to win not necessarily i wouldn't want margot to win if she was included in this and i don't
0: think she would have had a chance to win. uh. So there, there is that aspect to it. I think it does add more fun to the show. If you're able to show her, show one of the biggest movies of the year, you know how she's going to get all dressed up. She's going to go to the nines and she still will because she had a, a real big like producer credit for Barbie as well. So you know she's going to be pretty involved. It's just let's make the Oscars as fun as possible. Right. And
1: I agree. They, you don't get a lot of credit
0: for, for these comedy type movies. And Barbie had a big, important message, but it is still kind of a comedy. And you know, the Academy isn't the biggest fan of comedies, especially when it comes to nomination time.
1: No, it's, it's not a fan. And it's not a fan of blockbusters. And honestly, would put Barbie. I don't know what's happening in the mindset of, I don't know if it's the industry um, and not the people, meaning like actual viewers had a totally different opinion often than what the Academy ends up voting for. But I just don't appreciate this. Like it's almost, I feel intentional because Barbie made so much money. People were dressing. It was a whole phenomenon that I feel like people are being hipsters about it. Like, Oh Barb, you know, like Barbie, like why would that be in the consideration? I just feel like Barbie isn't getting the respect that it deserves honestly as a film and not just as a phenomenon. I feel like people are looking at that and not the actual movie, which was so well done based off of a Barbie, you know, like the story of it. And and Barbie wasn't in my top 5. So I'm I'm saying this as someone who's like appreciative of what a big ask of a film that was for anyone, let alone Greta Gerwig, who infamously made so many amazing smaller films. So I, I don't know. I just I don't really like that. Barbie's kind of getting tossed to the side a bit, being like you got your money, you're good. Um, but I mean, in this category and in particular, though, Justin, who are you? Who are you rooting for right now? Subject to change closer to.
0: So this is really difficult for me because I loved Lily Gladstone and I loved Emma Stone's performance. I am going to lean towards Emma Stone uh, as the person that I'm rooting for. And the main differentiator for me is that she is in almost every scene of that movie. She's in all of it. Lily Gladstone is phenomenal and she deserves the credit to be nominated. And if she wins, I will not be upset about it but she is absent for an entire like hour in the middle of the film. And that is kind of when the film dips a little bit for me.
1: You know, I, I totally get that. And we'll, we'll talk about poor things later on. Emma stone was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm going to go with Lily Gladstone. It's just, as of right now, I just think like she had to do so much work that wasn't, as you said, like a constant presence in the film and didn't, and not super monologue. Um, like other characters, but had to convey, I mean, people talk about physical acting, but like, I, I, I mean, it's for a reason. Like it was so, how she was articulating things by looks and sorrow and pain. And it was so believable. It was so like, she carried just the emotional weight because you, we knew as an audience who was bad before she did. And so sh- we had to like, be with her and feel bad for her and not feel like you should know better. You should know that these people aren't good. Like you had to be with her in that moment of someone who was just, you know, being attacked being, you know, attempted murder and all this stuff. So I'm going to root for Lily Gladstone. But like you said, either way, I'm not going to be upset by it. great performances. All right, next let's go to best supporting actor. So we have Sterling K Brown. We have Robert De Niro. We have Robert Downey Jr. We have Ryan Gosling. I say that lovingly. Um, and I, we have Mark Ruffalo. Um, I think this is a shootout. I think this is Robert Downey Jr.'s to lose. Do you think we'll get an upset here? Or you think that's how it's going to go?
0: I think you're correct there. It's Robert Downey Jr.'s to lose. I did love Mark Ruffalo though. He was, he put on one in poor things and he was such an unlikable character and he did it so well with such great comedic timing that, you know, it'd be pretty fun if he did upset Robert Downey Jr. in this role because that'd really piss off Downey, I think. But uh, he's a pretty heavy favorite at this point.
1: I want to say something possibly controversial, but it's on my heart. I love Robert Downey Jr., I love Oppenheimer i don't know i can't separate the role that it was like the role and the meaning like his part in the movie to robert downey jr's performance like as in the character and the lines and that was so interesting Mm -hmm. am i really spotlighting his performance of it i don't know like is that crazy to say
0: it's not crazy to say at all, because if I had a vote, which obviously I do not, I would go Mark Ruffalo here, mm-hmm. because I think the acting performance was more impactful, was more difficult to pull off than what Downey Jr. did. But Downey Jr. is in the bigger blockbuster film that everybody saw that's getting all the nominations, and that carries a lot of weight.
1: You know, I'm glad I said it, though, because I'm glad I'm I'm not alone in the side. It's just been something I've been thinking about. Like, I just great in it but just as far as performance wow um yeah i thought mark ruffalo was fantastic and poor thing so i'm with you there um all right best supporting actress we have emily blunt we have danielle brooks we have america ferreira we have Jodie foster and we have divine joy randolph what do you think about this category
0: all right kayla so i have a couple things with this category okay give to me there's a, I love Emily Blunt as an actress. She's amazing. I love her and everything she does. The amount of praise she is getting that she should be winning Best Supporting Actress this year is honestly a little baffling to me. I thought she was fine in the movie, but I did not think she had a phenomenal performance by any means, especially when she was up against everybody else in that film. And secondly, America Ferreira getting nominated is baffling to me. I mean, the movie was great. I loved Barbie. She was, in my opinion, the weakest link of the movie of like the major actors. And then how do you not give Julianne Moore a nomination for May, December? That was such, in my opinion, a better performance. And she got uh, left out and uh, Ferrer is up there for no reason. And she's not going to win. So what are we doing?
1: You know, I, I I love, I love your opinions and I support you and them. Most of the time. Um, yeah, I, I hear you. I I think Emily Blunt is catching the Oppenheimer wave. I just think like that movie's being celebrated in every way and thus you gotta give one in each category as you can. Emily Blunt had some of the better feeling parts, meaning like she actually gave other people shit. So like when she was confronted, like we're not just taking the sitting down like you were like, Yes, finally someone like
0: big moment parts, like where correct, she's like giving correct, a monologue type of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like they gave she was like a person from the people who could be like, Yeah, why are you just letting them just totally talk shit about your entire career and life and you as a person and all this stuff? Um, uh, but really again, you know, Christopher Nolan and women. So we 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 talk a lot about that. We will continue to, I'm sure, in his next film. Um I don't want, I want Emily Blunt to win. I don't want her to win for this film necessarily. So I think if I had to Tough pick <laughs> America Ferrera, two, to your point, I think it's just like, she had to be the, the real person. Of course she couldn't be this fun. And so they just, they really made her like a, not a caricature, but an example of like the frustrated woman, the, what does Barbie mean to me? She has that amazing speech, which people love. And I totally get it totally. But when I personally, like when I was was in the theater, I cringed, I cringed at the cheesiness. It wasn't wrong. Nothing, nothing was a lie in the, that. Quote, but I just personally was like, oh, this is where the movie, like, okay, all right. It's too on the nose. Um, Who would you have for this one?
0: It's a tough one. I did like uh, Divine Joy Randolph's performance in The Holdovers. I thought she was, uh, like, a good third piece in that movie. I just don't think it's Oscar nominating or Oscar nomination worthy, but not Oscar winning worthy. Nyad, I haven't seen yet. And Color Purple, I haven't seen. So I'm kind of stuck here because I would have went Julianne Moore if she was nominated. And I think she would have fit into supporting actress and you would have had Natalie Portman in lead actress. So that's really where I think it should have went.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I haven't seen Nyad as well, obviously. Um, I love Danielle Brooks (laughs) just in general. Now, I haven't seen The Color Purple, but from what I've heard, people are really celebrating her in particular in this film. So I have no doubt it's not totally earned. Um, It's just, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the film. Um, Yeah. This is a hard category. Like I don't feel as strongly as I do in best actress. And I just feel like best supporting actress tends to be this way where you're like, nah. you know, not strong, I guess. Or you're like this one. Absolutely. Like, I don't feel like anyone is absolutely in this category.
0: Yeah, I so, agree with that
1: 100%. Yeah, that's kind of where I landed. Next, we have Best Director, which we have Jonathan Glazer uh, for Zone of Interest. We have Yorgos Lanth- Lanthimos. Is that how you say it? I totally butchered that. I'm sorry, Academy and to you, Yorgos. Uh, for Poor Things, we have Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. We have Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. We have Justin Justine Trade for Anatomy of a Fall best director uh what do you think
0: i mean it doesn't really matter because nolan's winning right so it would have been nice to see greta gerwig get nominated because that is such a feat that she pulled off to turn barbie into what she did so i thought that was very impressive and it's also a little odd that alexander payne was not nominated for the holdovers, but the holdovers was nominated for best pitcher and is kind of in the top half of, uh, right now the betting, uh, races for potential winners there. So it's a little odd how they, how they did that, but I think Greta Gerwig would have deserved it over Payne. Uh, and I guess I would take out, uh, Justine today from anatomy of a fall, I guess, uh, but I haven't seen it. So again, doesn't matter. Nolan's winning.
1: Nolan is for sure. Winning. Um, However, I think Greta Gerwig, I'm with you, should have been in in the race. I I think it's I rewatched Lady Bird um, earlier this week. I had watched it when it came out in theaters. I saw it with my mom, and I remember being like, "Oh yeah, this is a really good movie." I rewatched it, and I'm telling you, I loved it more than the first time I watched it. And it had been enough time since it came out that I didn't quite remember what was going to happen next. And it made me emotional. It made me like, go, oh, wow, this this just this example of a coming of age, a mother daughter, like it was so well done. And it just made me like even more in love with Greta Gerwig than I already am, which I don't think there's higher limits. But, you know, I, tr- I try to reach them every day. Um, So I wish she could have got nominated. And honestly, I really hope you do get a chance to see past lives, because I, I do think Celine Song was phenomenal in the directing of past lives, I want to revisit it to myself because I'd watch it like really late at night. I was like, Oh, this is my chance to see it. And I just don't feel like I got the full, you know, scope of it. And, you know, total, a good mood, I guess I'd say. There were some lines in that movie that fucking ki- killed me. I this I, I mean, there's just, sometimes you hear a line in a show, a book, a movie, and you're like, all of the words in the world and like you formed a perfect sentence. Like, I, I don't know how else to describe that feeling. Like sometimes you're just kind of like, wow, that completely exemplifies what you're trying to say. And past lives had that. It was so well done. I mean, I, I to, to go into a directing would be to spoil the film, but I, I think she could have deserved a nom here too. Who would I take out? It's easy to take out the two people of films I haven't seen, but as of right now, that's what I would do.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's a lot easier to kick him to the curb when you don't have an emotional attachment to actually seeing the film. So
1: I'd I'd even let go of Marty.
0: <laughs> really? Now <laughs> for that's one of them, controversial. For one
1: of them, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I just
0: don't think his directing was that impactful, huh?
1: I think it was a great movie. Um, but if I had to sacrifice someone as my sacrificial lamb for best director, it, it could be Marty. He, you know, it could be Marty. Could, look out, Marty. Could be you.
0: You know, it could be one of those things where if you literally take those exact same movies and you just say Marty directed past lives and their director directed killers of the flower moon, Marty's still nominated for whatever movie he was doing. He's got such the cache built up that, you know, if it's 50, 50, they're going to go his way.
1: Nope. Absolutely. Yeah. If he's did a movie that year, it's going up, whatever it is, even if it's the Irishman. Okay. Next we have animated feature film, which was the boy and the Heron, uh, which I discussed last week, elemental, Nimona, robot dreams and Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I feel like if you had to pick someone you would pick Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I feel like you really enjoyed that. Is that, would that have been your pick?
0: that is what i would pick the problem is is i've only seen the first spider-verse movie oh really i've seen literally none of those animated feature films i'm not a big animated film guy uh it took me a while to watch the first spider-man i'm planning to watch across the spider-verse probably in the next week or two but haven't gotten to it yet
1: okay let's go into this in your childhood um did you enjoy them as a kid
0: animated movies yes yes you know, uh let's see, Lion King I was a big fan of. Uh yeah, I don't know. I, I watched a lot of sports <laughs> as a kid. I don't know if I watched a lot of animated movies. I don't okay. I mom. mean I
1: feel like that's part of it, is like yeah. your I think your connection as a young kid to like what animated films were you obsessed with, you know, like
0: yeah, I was pretty much. uh Lion King was the the big one that was jumps it? out to Simba. me. Simba, and...
1: Simba was your dude.
0: Yeah, and that was Simba. It. Well, he's a little overrated. He's a little baby at certain points. You know, uh, who up, did you Simba. like?
1: Scar. <laughs> Scar, was Scar. Obviously, your guy? Is that obviously, obviously that fits Scar. More? Oh, okay. Scar is the true obviously, hero yeah. of
0: Lion King. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Of
1: course, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, Pamo uh,
0: and Tumba. Or did I just screw that up? <laughs>
1: this is your favorite animated film justin get it together (laughs) defend your childhood um okay yeah i think that plays a a a part into it um i'm gonna go with the boy and the heron i think hands down that's gonna win um although spider-man across the spider-verse which was the first one you know definitely got its buzz i didn't see elemental but it was in theaters for a very very long time and i heard it's okay from parents that i work with but I don't know. That'll be on the list at some point.
0: You heard it's okay. That's a really ringing endorsement from them. That's fine.
1: Honestly, like Disney as a whole is is lacking on the endorsements from people these days. They're really on the struggle bus. Um, Adapted screenplay. So we have American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Anything on this
0: one? So very weird that Barbie is adapted screenplay because what's it adapted from? A doll? There's no like text, right? There's no previous version or, or uh, book that they're basing it off of. So that's a little odd. The Oppenheimer, all right, I guess the screenplay is, is pretty good. But I think Killers of the Flower Moon should have been nominated here. Because from what I've read and listened to, the actual book is drastically different from the movie. It focused more on the FBI-centered plot. And they changed the entire thing in the screenplay to the movie that we got now. So how do you not really recognize that shift that uh, Marty and team made there? So I thought that was a, a little odd, but uh, Poor Things, I think that's something pretty similar. It's drastically different than what the originating text is. So that is one I, I may lean to, but.
1: Funny that you said Poor Things because I'm just like knowing what we saw of the film, I'm very curious what the book is like. Um, and yeah, poor things is what stands out to me in particular in this list. And I agree with you. If killers of the flower moon had been in here, I definitely would have been like, Oh yeah. I mean, that was phenomenal from the beginning to the actual ending. It was so good. Um, but we, what we have is what we have. And this is a hard one. Um, I agree with you on Barbie. It, every, I mean, they use the Barbies, the history of it, but that was all their own story. So that's whatever to me. If I had to pick one though, um, I probably go poor things.
0: Yeah. I think it's poor things or Oppenheimer and it's tough for me to separate kind of the screenplay for Oppenheimer versus the overall just film that it was. Uh, and I also didn't read American uh, Prometheus. I know you bought it. I don't, did you ever get a chance to get through it?
1: I got about halfway through, um, it is a dense book. I will say it reads well, but it is absolutely a mammoth of a book. I did look pretty cool with it on my work desk. Uh, when people come into my office (laughs) as a placeholder, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really interesting though. Cause it's all history. Like I, I don't know at all until I watched this movie. So, but you don't think it
0: quite lived up to the, uh, adapted screenplay win for Oppenheimer.
1: You know, I think it it almost comes down to the film itself and like what the film had to do versus like the the crossover from book to film. I think if we were judging it based off of that, ten out of ten. It, I thought it did. It's, it's thus far is doing phenomenally in that regard. I think even the writer himself said this is like the best version of this I could think of. Um, of course you're having Martin Scorsese on your side or uh, on that Martin Scorsese.
0: You're getting Oppenheimer and killer. I'm, 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 op,
1: I'm in the, uh, I'm in the, uh, <laughs>
0: the one who can't <laughs> write women, the... that one.
1: Yeah. That one, uh, Christopher <laughs> Nolan, excuse me. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm going to give it to, I, I think poor things has it out for me in this one.
0: I think um, I'd agree with you on that. I I would lean Poor okay. things as well.
1: So next we have, of course, original screenplay. We have Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, which you really loved, Maestro, May, December, and Past Lives. I'm just going to say off the gate, I, I'm ready for Past Lives in this category.
0: Okay. I uh, I really want to see it when I have an opportunity. Uh, currently, I would give this to The Holdovers, though. I really okay. enjoyed that movie. It's an original screenplay. The performances were great. So that's where I'm leaning.
1: Okay. Next we have original score and this is American fiction, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer and Poor Things. The reason why we don't normally include this when we talk about Oscar noms and I did is just because I feel like I've been more either aware of the score in films or it's just that the films that came out last year had very like poignant music. You know, I think of Oppenheimer, like I know that music. If I start hearing that violin when he's thinking about his theories, I know it immediately as Oppenheimer. So I just feel like this year had a lot of music that I immediately tied to the film that like was a, a great moment, poor things, a dance. Like I just feel like score was really vibrant this year in films, and that's why I want to include it. I did not see Indiana Jones, The Dow Destiny. I think you did?
0: I did. I am a little surprised that it was nominated for a original score here. I would lean towards what you were saying. I give this to Oppenheimer personally. Uh, it was so uniquely done. And then once you kind of add in the sound editing aspects, which I know is a a completely separate category, but everything kind of plays together, uh, to make the final film, I think it runs away with it.
1: I'm with you there. Then, of course, you have original song. Now, a lot of people have a lot of opinions on original song, if they like it, if they don't. I particularly love it. The year that they didn't do it was so lame to me. I really appreciate the breakup of the song. I love hearing people either sing it terribly. Um, I love to hear some people do a great performance. You have Lady Gaga coming in the last minute to, to start singing. Um, I found songs that I I've wanted to watch movies just from hearing original song at the Oscars before I've heard a song go wow that's beautiful um, falling slowly actually comes to mind I heard that song being performed it was so good acoustically and I saw the movie from there so I, I love it what do you think about the performance aspect of it at the Oscars
0: you know I'm not a big original song guy uh, it's not really what brings me into the movies as much I think it adds a little extra flair to the actual award ceremony, especially if you have big names, big performers there, it kind of amps up the stakes a little bit. So I'm always excited for that aspect of it. Uh, The fact that Barbie has two songs nominated and neither of them are Dua Lipa's uh, Dance the Night Away, which is throughout the film is a little bit of an odd choice. Uh, Why didn't they just go Barbie all the way through since that whole movie was just kind of bangers essentially. And it would be, (laughs) hilarious i specifically said hilarious if i'm just ken wins but i'm <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is our last episode <laughs> you don't like realize. the bad joke um man <laughs> good practicing um i yeah hmm i want to see ryan gosling perform i hope that he does
0: they're saying he's not going to last i heard
1: He's really lame for not doing it, especially knowing that he re-released the song with more of a Christmas soul funk tied to it. I think that's really lame if he doesn't perform it. Put it all on the line. You, he talks so much about his inner Ken that I'm just like, really embody the Kenness and perform, even though people are definitely gonna look at you um, like a loser. I would I would respect him more if he did it. I already know it's it's like there's no. I say a hundred out of a hundred percent chance. I have zero doubts. And I say this with two things when the Oscars for best, um, original song. Okay. If your song was in a James Bond movie, you're guaranteed, whatever, whatever, whoever sings it and they only get the best. So that's not, you know, they're not getting Joe Schmo over here to sing it, but you're win. it'll win no matter what. And, uh, Billie Eilish, man, she just, she just wins. She just wins. I think that's what's going to win here today.
0: You don't think uh, the fire inside from and Hot? Is
1: gonna I didn't take... see that. Did you?
0: No. Why am I going to watch? <laughs> what, what That was about a Cheetos the Cheetos movie? guy? What? Why am I going to watch that? Because
1: you, you like, first of all, you like all the business movies. That, and there has been a lot of them this past year, I got to say. How did computers get made? Here's a movie. How did uh, Flame and Cheetos? Beanie People babies. love a movie. <laughs> Beauty Babies movie. I mean, absurd. Tetris.
0: Yep. Watched exactly. all those. I did not watch Flamin' Hot. I guess it didn't come across my algorithm, unfortunately.
1: Do you like Flaming Hot Cheetos? that people want to know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not like I was ever a big fan of them. I do love the crunchy Cheetos. If you like the soft, like the the less crunchy ones, like get out of here. Those are it's just puffs of air, Cheeto puffs or whatever they are. Get out of here.
1: When they're, I will say, when they're light and airy delicious when you get a hard one it completely ruins the entire bag for me you know More what i mean If like, slightly
0: too stale then it's too yeah, soft there's gross. like only a perfect gross. window yeah
1: it's and it's immediate like yeah. open bag completely devour it that's the only way. i'm with you team crunchy cheeto i don't like flaming hot um i do like flaming hot pickle chips though i'm ready to go on air and say that to the people
0: so uh cinematography kayla
1: yes cinematography el conde killers of the flower moon maestro oppenheimer poor things it's oppenheimer for me oh you know what i am looking at this list oppenheimer comes to mind like is at the forefront but damn was killers of the flower moon absolutely phenomenal and poor things too but Poor things lost me on the boat, which we'll go into. So I'm going to give it to Oppenheimer, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, this is a really good category this year. And watching poor things, really the night before we're recording this, that's what's standing out to me because everything was so over the top cinematic. And it was almost too much over the top, but that was kind of the point of the movie but we could have been a little subtler in certain points. So that's what took me away from uh, poor things within this category. I think you got to go Oppenheimer personally. I think there's so many iconic shots.
1: Yeah. It's going to clean house. It really is at the Oscars, but that's sometimes where you get just a crazy, bizarre upset. So looking forward to that, we're going to end on costume design, which I did for fun because I feel like there were a lot of fun costumes. I feel like a lot of time when costume design comes up, you're like, Oh, I didn't see that period piece movie. Um, however, I've seen all these movies listed. Uh and that is Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Barbie, listen, Barbie did something color-wise that was just so phenomenal. I'm not saying it was as luxurious as Poor Things. The sleeves, the sleeves on Elvis Stone was fantastic. (laughs) You know, hard to say. I I'm I, I probably would give it to Poor Things, but Oh, but Killers of the Flower Moon. I mean, they had a lot of like indigenous costumes that they had to do. I, I was leading and... Killers
0: of the Flower Moon yeah. personally. Barbie, I think uh production design, mm-hmm. like that's there's so much color, and the getting those sets together is just baffling to me how they are able to pull that off. Costume design, though, they had a template to kind of work from. And I know All of the historical things do as well, but it's very important with a historical drama like Killers of the Flower Moon and even Napoleon to an extent is trying to get that right and making sure you're doing right by the people you're telling the story about. So I think Killers of the Flower Moon with the Osage Nation and kind of how they honored that was the one that deserves the victory in my mind.
1: I'm with you there. There's there's really not a lot of bad picks in in this category whatsoever, and it's always fun to see the costumes. I really want to go to LA, Justin, and go to like the museum, the Oscar Academy Museum they have, and like I just want to see all of those famous costumes like in glass cases and look at. So let's put that on our list.
0: All right, next uh, road trip, uh, we will fly for our next road trip to LA. Yes,
1: yeah, so I, <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> fantastic. Okay, final discussion questions here. What Oscar nominees haven't you seen that you're looking forward to the most? And you can just do like one or two, but what, like of all of them that you haven't seen, presumably, what are you like? If I could see it today, I would.
0: Uh, Past Lives is number one on that list, and American Fiction would be number two for me. All
1: right, mine is going to be Zone of Interest and, uh, hmm, Zone of Interest and... I'll say American fiction because that's been on my list too. So, uh, I freaking die to see out of interest. Please come out somewhere. Um, okay. Any Oscar bed ideas? The time we got some time. I I'll tell you what I, what I like to do. I do like something that, you know, putting you through, I won't say torture. You may say torture, but you the have pain, the clear
0: advantage in this. Like I, this is your wheelhouse. Speak on it. And I it. know mm-hmm. That I'm the underdog here. I'm, I'm a big underdog in these bets. Sure. But I like doing them because who gives it – if I lose, who cares? I got to record myself doing something. I got to do some weird drinks or – what are your ideas, Kayla? Because I have a couple, but you go first.
1: Okay. I don't have anything concrete, but I just – I like the ideas of things that you have to – you know that we can like you did a live of all the Fast and Furious movies that you did. Like that was fun journey to experience, to watch, to laugh at, to share. So I do like things like that. I mean the TikTok videos, wild, you know, TikTok man. What a crazy world. My dad <laughs> of all people, my dad is the one who sends me TikTok videos all the time. Yeah, I'm great. like, isn't this supposed to be the opposite, Dad? You're not supposed to know how to use this. Whatever. Um, uh, but what are your ideas?
0: Well So you got nothing uh, you're going to throw my way or just.
1: I might think of something as you're talking, actually.
0: So one thought I had was while we're recording a podcast, we need to do a the loser needs to do a power hour while recording the podcast. So they have to do a shot of beer every minute throughout the podcast. And by the end, one of us is just going to be slurring like crazy. I think that would be kind of funny. No, no thoughts.
1: Okay, so a random pod, like, does the Victor get to pick the pod, or? Uh,
0: That we could talk out the details of exactly what podcast we want to do that on.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: And then I was trying to come up with an idea for some type of uh, live stream video item we can do, whether it's, like, uh, you sit and you live stream yourself watching something for, like, eight hours or like we're rewatching the Star Wars franchise for something for eight hours. What are we day? watching
1: for eight hours? Or Altimer? like eighteen hours or
0: what just some crazy thing where like I'm sitting in this room and I can't move until I get through six movies. I oh I'm down. Are that. you
1: whoa 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 this first of all
0: <laughs> sounds like my dream Wait,
1: we went from, like, wow, that's pretty wild to, like, um, psychotic. Okay, this is very interesting, too, as you saw yourself as the underdog, which, you know, I don't disagree with. <laughs> 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 so it's very interesting that you're choosing How about, that.
0: Well, what about, like, uh, I'm just trying to think something that ties no, to I've the listened. podcast here. Like, you have to sit straight through a trilogy, some type of trilogy, with just three straight movies you need to watch one night, live stream the whole thing.
1: Okay, I'm intrigued. These are good ideas, Justin. So You've we'll really we'll play been... that
0: around. We'll we'll po- okay. maybe we post polls once we narrow it down to a few that we really like. But we need to keep coming up with fun ideas because, like I you agree. said, I was forced to watch all of the uh, <laughs> Fast and Furious, and it You're turned welcome. into a an Instagram uh, story series of ours that got some pretty good engagement and was turned into pretty fun for me to do every day. So
1: yeah, see, okay, I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, okay, so we'll mull that over. And are you happy with Jimmy Kimmel as a host? He's going to return once again. I believe it's his fourth time maybe hosting the Oscars. Or do you want some new blood? And I see this coming off the heels of a really rough Joe Coy hosting performance at the Golden Globe. So when it is a bad host, you start to regret and you're like, oh, please, I just want someone that is just good across the board. No issues. But it is fun when you get a new personality and new jokes. So what do you think?
0: Yeah, so I think uh, Joe Coy's uh, recent performance colors my answer here. And I just want a consistent, solid host this year. I do like a little new blood mixed in every so often, but this is like a very big year. We have a lot of big performances, a lot of big names. So I want somebody I can rely on specifically for 2024.
1: Yeah, I really think he sold himself well with the whole Oscar slap situation, which I think a lot of hosts would have made. It even worse by maybe some of them impromptu jokes would have not been able to shuffle along a nervous weirded out shocked crowd and kind of still get them in that momentum and not take away from the other nominees as much as you know it could have been it could have been a lot worse so I'll go to Jimmy Kimmel I think after this year though I don't know I hopefully I, I don't like it when it's the same person every time you know it, to me it gets back into the like you know yeah,
0: too stagnant Yeah, exactly. Rumblings that maybe like somebody like a John Mulaney in the future, which would Hmm. be interesting. Uh, He recently hosted what was it, the Governor's Ball, so he's got a little bit of of chops in that. He's hilarious. He's got his own personal you know issues that he's gone through recently that he has shed light on in his uh, most recent comedy special. So maybe somebody like that that's not afraid to like go at them but in a smart tactful way unlike what uh i heard joe coy was doing so
1: yes yeah no i (laughs) absolutely i i'm not really a fan of his comedy but i do like first of all he's he's branching into acting which he's he's been really good in the roles that i've seen him in and i think when he is doing his like hosting that i have seen he's really good so i wouldn't be mad about that at all maybe that's something we can see next year um Obviously, the Oscars are going to be in March. We're going to look forward to it. As always, we have a very long Sunday night of watching the very long uh, production and then recording. So, um, you know, that's a tradition at this point. Every year we're like, oh, God. A coffee's in the fridge it's like energy drinks it's like you know you start lifting the popcorn bowl a couple times You start slapping yourself um you know whatever you can do to kind of get going but i'm excited for this year's oscars and to celebrate the films speaking of films let's go ahead and get into a review of the film poor things All right. So Poor Things was directed by, can't believe I have to butcher his name again. We'll just go with Yorgos. How would you say it, Justin? Let me put you on the spot.
0: It's Yorgos Lanthimos.
1: Lanthimos. Okay. Perfectly. Nailed it. Um, Yorgos Lanthimos, written by Tony McNamara. It stars Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe. Uh, Rami, Youssef, Christopher Abbott, and Gerard Carmichael, comedian, based on the 1992 – wow, I didn't I didn't know that the book was so uh, – of our childhood uh, – novel by Alistair Gray. The plot focuses on Bella Baxter, a young woman living in a steampunk-style Victorian-era London who, after being crudely resurrected by a scientist following her suicide – Runs off with a debauched lawyer to embark on an odyssey of self-discovery and sexual liberation. What were your thoughts of Poor Things, Justin? Go
0: weird as shit. We all watched this movie together: me, you, the other Kayla, and my wifey. It ends. We all turned to each other, and said, "Were you expecting that?" No. Nobody was expecting exactly what we saw, but we had a great time watching it.
1: We certainly did. This movie was not at all like I i knew it to be a type of Frankenstein monster type movie and that she kind of has to rediscover life. Essentially, I had no clue kind of the story obviously behind how she was resurrected, the world environment that it was in that oftentimes I wasn't sure if it was like a future where we've just destroyed the world, which is kind of where my mind went in it or just like a fake world.
0: I think it's just a a fake world is how I took it. Like, especially with all the colors and the, the shots of, uh, you got all these wide shots of like the islands and the sun and these weird colors in the sky. So I think it's just a completely fictional place. I
1: thought it was like everything's so polluted in this world that it's completely plausible. It's in the future. <laughs> it's like just that's destroyed. also
0: possible given the way that uh, our entire environment is like (laughs) the countries
1: that they show like um in particular greece they just show like there's only one small area left (laughs) and it's like one luxurious place and then just like horrible slums of of people dying so it's like that's what greece ended up being so i i kind of took there are a couple of things that i think my own interpretation started going off into until i realized it was something different um i was just amazed i think of the Emma Stone, you know, her performance, her very vulnerable. She's naked a lot in this movie. Not just naked, but having all types of sex uh, in this film as well.
0: Full frontal, naked, doing a ton of sex acts with various different types of folks. And baffling that somebody of her caliber kind of took a role like this. It's a very, as we talked about before, very interesting role where... She's trying to play a somebody with a, a child's brain, a newborn baby's brain in a 35-year-old person's body, and all of the mannerisms, the physical acting, and the dialogue, the facial expressions all have to represent that kind of coming of age at such a young age without everybody around her truly understanding where she's at on that, uh, that spectrum at the moment. So it's just... Really phenomenal job by her.
1: I think it's like, you know, when it comes to nudity in films, I feel like there's been a lot of discussion across generations of like some people, a prude generation, say a more liberal-minded generation. And I just think like, I I haven't heard Emma Stone speak to it, but I find I hear a lot of actresses, it's the script, it's how nudity is being used. Um, You know, it's funny. I think a lot of people from Europe kind of come here and are stunned at how prudish kind of our cinema is our our television even just how we talk like it's just a completely different world than otherwise and i think what was interesting about emma stone's character is that she's a character without shame she hasn't learned it she actively defies it um and that is just so jarring as such just a shame-filled human beings that we tend to be in society and that was like jarring like we were interpreting her character just like she was being interpreted in her world which was like that's not polite that's not how we act that's not how we talk and she's just doing it and so i i found that to be so interesting
0: yeah very very interesting movie i think with a lesser actress this just completely goes off the rails even with a lesser actor that's not mark ruffalo similar vibes because this had a very it had a serious theme to it right but it also was comedic a lot there's a lot of comedic parts to it and the way they're acting with each other specifically Mark Ruffalo's character Duncan Wedderburn (laughs) and Bella Baxter just all the names we got Bella Baxter Duncan Wedderburn Dr. Godwin Baxter that she calls God Max McCandles Swiney Elfie like what just these names are off the charts and one of the uh, one of my favorite scenes from the movie is she's going around with Mark Ruffalo's character and it's basically like, hey, can we like, what what's the term she uses? Can we jump ferociously or furious something together? Jumping. Furious jumping. She, she calls jumping. sex
1: furious jumping.
0: Yeah, for a while. And he's like, let's furious jump. Why don't people do this all the time? And he's like, well, at one point he goes, I can't go right now. She goes, oh, is that just a weakness in the male species that you just can't immediately go again? And he's like, uh, yeah, I guess so. And then, uh, later on in the, in the film, when she's on the boat with him, she's like really starting to develop just a thirst for knowledge. So she's reading constantly. She's trying to understand the world, how to make it a better place, what she's been missing out on, you know, these years that at at that moment, she can't remember. And she's reading on the uh, boat deck and he comes over. He's like, all you do is read now. How dare you? Takes her book, throws it overboard And then the old lady Martha sitting next to her just hands her another book and she just takes it, opens it up and he picks it up and throws it overboard again. I was like, it just was so funny to me that this uh, guy who thought he was all hot shit is now getting frustrated that this person he thought he could manipulate is learning quickly and understands that she's got the power in the relationship now.
1: Yes. And, and that journey of her, you know, at first when she's at a bare you know, very basic vocabulary. It's me this, me that. Very Frankenstein-like. I'm like, oh, wow, I, I is this kind of like how she is through the movie is kind of talking like this. And then you literally watch her go from infancy in the brain to, uh, you know, speaking like the doctor that she wants to be at the end of the film. Like, and I, I, I felt like a very true journey. It didn't feel like she went from like me want food to, uh, you know, talking about society, what changes can be made becoming a socialist. Like I felt really earned throughout the movie of her kind of gaining more knowledge and becoming smarter um, and being able to speak for herself. I just, this movie, I couldn't predict. Like, I love that in a movie. I didn't feel like I had any clue where it was going you'd think she'd be maybe with Mark Ruffle the whole time and she wouldn't see kind of, he's an idiot and she does. And she, you know, when she does realizing like, Oh, people don't have sex with whoever all the time out in public talk about and all this, it doesn't deter her. She just, it's almost like she's marked like, oh, okay. That's some people don't do that. I don't have to do that. You know? And I, I mean, I loved It, it just, it was visually really amazing. It kind of lost me on the boat a bit. Um, that's where she tends to be stagnant in scenes. Cause she's kind of stuck on this boat traveling. And, uh, that's where like the polluted sky, green, purple sky. I was like, what, what is this visual ha- thing, you know, happening here? Um,
0: yeah, it was all over the place. And it's just fun to kind of think about if you were you right now, 34 year old or 34 Kayla, Just drop
1: 33. Um, excuse me. I'm just a baby. I'm I'm 33. Uh, Yes. Uh So, uh,
0: if you just get dropped into the world today at this age, without under like having any type of concept of what has happened in your entire like childhood, how people are brought up, you don't have that shame or you're not afraid to ask Mm -hmm. these questions. You're not afraid to try things because nobody's told you, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. Or why? I don't want to sound stupid. When she just walks up at one point and is like, Hey, I need money. And the madam of a spot's like, well, if you want to have sex for guys for money? You can do that. She goes, Oh, I get to get paid to do that. Okay, sure. And then when she's in there, she's like, how come we don't get to pick? How come the guys get to pick? Like I, why would he want to have sex with me if I am not interested in him? And it's like all those kind of, uh, innocent statements that make like a pretty big impact because then you have the madam at one point says something which is really terrible but hits home with her is hey you know some times they like it that way they like that you don't want them to be there and it just kind of clicks in her like oh shit like everybody's got different perceptions of reality so she needs to take everything into her own hands at that point which is pretty much what she does
1: yeah it's very id like she's just going off of her her base needs her base wants and i think interestingly she's taught by two men kind of in her life both one a paramour slash betrothed that she's kind of introduced to and observes her and then her father who she calls god her maker as well um you know like they celebrated her kind of Ways that she acted, and I think that Aiden and her wanting to get out of the confinements that she was in—you know—even they had limitations and just kind of approach life. I I thought it'd be empowering in moments and in ways that weren't cliche and corny. Just in a way of a woman being free and doing things that you might be like, "Oh my God, come on, she's doing that!" But you're like intrigued, like like that's also fun. Uh There's a great dance scene which I love. Um Mark Ruffalo is fantastic in this film. I love him. He, I think he's one of my favorite actors. I do. There's been in so many great movies that I love. Um, and the ending was really good. You know, what did I say at the end when the movie ended? I said, I said, um, what a what a great bisexual queen. I mean, she was really living her best life towards the end of that film. It had like real scary moments where I was like, is she gonna die? You know, it had it had some horror to it, I will say, um, when she's introduced to like the real horrors of the world. She lives a very like luxurious life where people take care of her and she doesn't really acknowledge it. And she kind of sees the other side of people suffering, which I was when that happened. I was like, how are they going to kind of go back from this? Like yeah. when she's discovered this, how are they going to kind of like make it light? And I I thought they did. Um, and yeah, it was just really interesting. And like all the way to the end, I'm like, what is going to happen? What is going to happen here? You know?
0: Yeah. It really kept your attention the full two hours and 21 minutes because yep. movies are long. They're so long. And I've heard some pushback that uh people thought Willem Dafoe should have been nominated for best supporting actor. I don't buy that really. I thought he pretty much was Willem Dafoe. Uh it was a weird character he did well, but Mark Ruffalo was far superior than Willem Dafoe in this uh in this movie. So I'm not uh upset about him not getting nominated for anything.
1: You know, you know what I have to do when we hear his name, right? Willem Dafoe, Dafoe. Um. yeah i i agree with that i think the makeup should win for what they did to his face because yeah. it was both like was horrific creepy. and super cool like you know how to look at him there were some like squeamish parts there were some like intense storytelling elements that i i kind of was like uncomfortable like and it surprised it wasn't even the sex parts it was like some of the other story lines and i was like oh okay i can see kind of the messiness of where people might be offended or sensitive to those things um it was a good art housey movie i'm gonna be honest i haven't seen his other films but just seeing this film made me want to see some of his other stuff because this was just kind of like a fun zany movie you know all in all, I mean poor things. I would recommend seeing it with your family unless that's how you guys get down and you're very open minded and don't feel uncomfortable watching a ton of sex scenes with your parents right next to you. Um, but it was like honestly, we all went into it not knowing what the movie was gonna be about and Kayla with the sea who sat next to me thought it was a completely different movie <laughs> so she thought it was Lisa Frankenstein and it was very amusing to just see her scoffing at certain parts and I laughed also sincerely throughout the whole movie it really made me laugh and I love that in a movie I feel like it's hard to have that in movies so
0: did you say you haven't seen any of Yorgos's other films
1: I don't think so but it sounds like you're gonna tell me a movie I for sure have seen the so go favorite? ahead i haven't seen it
0: you haven't seen the favorite from like no. five years ago oh that was really mm-hmm. good i'm a stone again i think yeah you no, really I like seen that. It. One. check it out
1: okay <laughs> i'm gonna that, i think that was on my list because uh, i it's heard a, someone uh, talk uh, about woman-driven it
0: driven period piece so that's right up your alley
1: uh, say, say less i gotta go <laughs> Justin. i gotta go watch the favorite you know what's funny is uh side, side tangent my dad was like we tend to have very different tv tastes that's for sure um he loves uh uh, what's that David Brianna show S- not SWAT it's like the military one I don't, I'm really good at referencing things I can't name anywho he's like you have to watch fire country and he kind of gave me a look like you have to watch fire country and I was like what is was that firefighters and I'm looking at him like why would I want to watch firefighters like have I expressed that that is like wow and then he's like no you have to watch it And I go is someone gay in the show? And he's like, yeah. Go, I go, is it a woman? He goes, oh yeah. I go, dad, say less fire country. Where do I I'm watch I'm there. It? That's
0: all you got to say. Lead with that.
1: <laughs> Done. Done, dad. Lead with that, not firefighting. Um. And so, yeah, it, it's, but it, but it's a good movie. It makes you think it. I think, I thought it was a, just a fun watch. Don't look it up before you watch it. Just enjoy it for what it is. Any last thoughts on poor things, Justin?
0: No, I'm just really glad that we were able to see that in theaters, Kayla.
1: Yes, I completely agree. Uh, totally worth the hype and the nominations, that's for sure. All right, overall movie rating, Justin, what do you think? What, I how gave many VHS it tapes? four
0: VHS tapes.
1: Okay. Uh, I gave it five, and I was wondering if I was hot off the, the film.
0: You literally logged thought, this on Letterboxd yes. before like the closing credits hit. You're my like, favorite immediate. thing to
1: do, my favorite <laughs> thing to do is to letterbox while in the theater as soon as the movie ends. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to stick to it though. I I don't think it's a rewatchable right away. That's for sure. But um, it surprised me. It made me laugh. It just I thought it was very smart, and uh, it sat with me a bit. So I, it's five VHS tapes for me, poor things. All right, let's go ahead and get to our Swarly of the week. All right. So mine is going to be very quick slash kind of a question because I don't know if you were a daily show watcher. Were you? And when I say, were you, was it like the Jon Stewart era? Was it the Trevor Noah era? Or did you just kind of watch clips as they came up in your social media?
0: My wife was a big daily show watcher. So I watched, Mm -hmm. I think the last season of Jon Stewart with her. And then I was watching Trevor Noah with her pretty regularly up until he left, but all of the hosts coming in and out, I haven't been watching.
1: So it was recently announced, uh, within the week that they were not going to have a permanent host. Um, I talked previously about this being my story of the week because it just seemed like you have an absolute perfect person and you're not choosing him. Um, and so they're like, we're not going to have a permanent host. We're going to have like guest hosts. We're going to have our correspondents kind of lead the show. And so I just, in my head, I go, that's absolutely bizarre. Why can't you just pick someone? Is there that much pressure on the daily show, being that good. I, I actually think when Jon Stewart left, it could be just aging out. I feel like Jon Stewart era was like, I mean, sometimes I was getting my news in high school or, or whichever, like college watching that stuff. It lessened obviously as I got older. Um, but now it was recently announced that Jon Stewart's actually coming back to the show and that he's going to come back as executive producer. I think this is probably well-timed with him not getting his show renewed on Apple TV. I know that wasn't entirely on Apple's fault. They had a disagreement over what he could cover. And so he chose to walk applaud him for that. Um, not surprising. Apple has co- conflicts uh, in what they want express, but, um, and that he's going to be at least a host on Mondays, I believe, and then maybe reoccurring throughout the week, but he's, he's, obligated to at least one time per week.
0: So they're still going to have other people rotating in the rest of the week. Correct. He's not
1: going to be like the, he's not truly coming back subject to change of course. But as of right now, he's not, he's not going to come back every, every episode. It's just going to be like Mondays for sure. Um, I am looking forward to it just as a crazy contentious, um, you know, election we're about to go into. So, you know, sometimes you just want a little, lightness i think in some of your news or some sort of clever rhetoric that you're like wow uh, you know interesting versus like the news per se um but i just feel like i it, it kind of reminds me of Conan O'Brien, we were trying to take over the tonight show and like jay leno was like yeah here you go have at it and then he was like actually no I want, I want it back and did so i just i don't know i it's not that i don't love john stewart it's just i don't know that john stewart's the one we need right now if that makes sense
0: all right kayla Mm-hmm. My Swarly of the Week, Kayla, is going to be Swarly, our actual Swarly, Craig Tatone. Oh,
1: hold up. Swarly was my Swarly last week, and now this week he's your oh, Swarly. He was
0: your Swarly last. Yes. So back-to-back Swarly. I, don't know,
1: I is our is always our Swarly. So yeah, this go ahead. What does Swarly do?
0: <laughs> we have this segment because yes. it's, uh, it's based off of Swarly. So, yeah, and
1: in real life, he's Swarly. So exactly. what did Swarly do to you this week instead of just me last week? Go ahead. Well,
0: it was to we were both there. So we played D&D recently. <laughs> and Swarly has his character who's a, a you know rabbit folk. And uh I'm uh, you know running the session and he leaves with my wife, uh Chet, and they go to I don't know, some shop to look at instruments. Meanwhile, Kayla And Kate go to this bar that turns into, and I had this planned out, so I was wondering who was actually going to check out this area, like an eyes-wide-shut type of club with mysterious masked workers, and it turns into kind of like a sex club situation. And as soon as I start describing as they're walking in, I look over at Craig's face, and he's like, are you kidding me? The one time I left the group, I'm over... I'm over at the damn music shop and this is happening with them. He was so pissed off. It was so funny to watch. And then like the rest of the campaign was him being like, maybe we should just leave this spot and go over to that, that place that you guys went earlier. I heard it was, it was a good time. Why don't we, why don't we go back over there? He kept trying to usher everybody.
1: We were living his D&D fantasies that would ever happen and he could, and then he had to both like know what was happening, but couldn't know as his character that it was happening. That was also painfully hilarious to watch to really circle it back to him being my story last week. So this week we played D&D and went to a weird sex club. We watched poor things, which also had a brothel sex uh, situation going on. Then I played the, game that i was mad at him about and there's a brothel in this game and you can't hook up with people in this brothel i tell you no lies so i'm like this is really quite the sex positive week i gotta say
0: and that's you're really right up uh swarley's alley too and he's missing out
1: He's missing out. He'll probably get to that area in three years when he completes the game. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go ahead and get to our friendship question of the week. It is, if you could change one nomination, we talked about a few wishes we'd like, but what would it be? You could only change one. Who would you change out, and what would it be?
0: Yeah, if I only have one change, it's Correct. Julianne Moore, Best Supporting okay. Actress over America Ferrera.
1: Ooh, okay. Easy for okay. me. Okay. Um, I would change out. Um, Justin Trudeau for Celine Song for Past Lives for Best Director.
0: Best Director. Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Solid episode. Uh, we bring it to a close once again. I hope you check out Poor Things. It is in theaters now. Uh, kind of depending where you're at. The Oscars we're really looking forward to um in march i hate that we have to wait that long but honestly it does give us and you all more time to watch the you know the films that were nominated so you get more of a picture it's always more fun when you do it that way it's on march 12th too is the oscars premiere on sunday of course eight o'clock as always we'll see you next week (laughs)
0: Well, that's it for this episode of Wrong Opinions Only. Please follow us on Instagram at wrongopinionsonly and on Twitter at J K, where we'll be dropping some clues and hints to upcoming episodes. Until then, JK out.